right, Grayson. Um, so we're gonna do this review in sixty seconds. Go. Nick Cage, Angelina Jolie, Cars, Cars Four. <laughs> Giovanni Ribicci is Baby Driver. We have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going to be reviewing the 2000 Gone in 60 Seconds. 192000. Yep. Not to be confused with the 1974 movie of the same title that this is actually a remake of. Had no clue that this was a remake. I had no idea either. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to give you guys a brief synopsis, synopses of Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, the 2000 version. It's a movie about a retired master car thief who must come back to the industry and steal 50 cars with his crew in one night to save his brother's life. It's a very condensed version of mm-hmm. the movie. The movie stars Nicolas Cage. Um, uh... How do you say his name? Giovanni Rubici. Giovanni Rubici. And... BC, depending on uh, what part of the tracks you grew up on. (laughs) Right. And um, Angelina Jolie, uh, that's what the poster would have you believe. (laughs) That she is like the starring role, like the third person in this team up. Um, But yeah, really... In her composition to the rest of the team, she's like a C-level Matrix extra. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's just like two lines short of being Sir not appearing in this film. Yeah, but yeah. So the movie was released in the two thousand, the year two thousand, the distant future. It uh, like we said, it's a remake. So it's a remake of a movie that came out um, in nineteen seventy four. By the same name, and that movie, I'll give you that synopsis, it was centered on a group of car thieves and the 48 cars that they must steal in a matter of days. That film is known for having wrecked and destroyed 93 cars in a 40-minute car chase scene. Wow. Yeah, and it starred um, the late H.B. Toby Halleck, uh, Halicki. Um, who did everything on the original version. He, like, starred, produced, directed, and he was, like, a stunt car driver, and he actually um, passed away in a stunt during Gone in 60 Seconds 2 um, that came out in um, the 80s. Great. So this was a remake um, of that movie, um, and when it was released... Opening weekend, Gone in 60 Seconds, grossed too much money. Uh, $25 million um, in domestic box office. Um, and by the end of its run, it had grossed a total of $101 million domestically and $135 million internationally. Um, and doing some movie math, uh, that is over... Too much money, two hundred and thirty-five million dollars worldwide. The movie did make a lot of money, but after overhead, it lost roughly ninety million after all expenses, including the one hundred and three million it cost to make the film. But yeah, this movie uh, was like a hit, and I feel like growing up, this was like the car movie before Fast and Furious. Um, it did come out it came out like a year before Fast and Furious and uh it actually you know the uh gosh I watch movies guys I promise you I watch these movies it's just sometimes I forget very specific things like the name of the car um, oh Eleanor Eleanor so the Eleanor car after this movie that kind of make a model of a Mustang was super popular and there were a lot of people who were making knockoffs of that car and um, it was like a big to do like there was like a lawsuit involved about people uh like claiming that like oh yeah this is that uh that that uh, that car it's the uh 
Shelby GT, right? You know it. It stood out to me because uh, my brother was obsessed with that car. But I don't think he ever saw this movie. I think he just really <laughs> liked that car. When was the last time you saw this movie, Grayson? Last time I saw this movie was probably seven hours ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it I, was the first time. Really? This is your first time seeing this movie? Yeah. I want to say this is also my first time seeing the movie because I remember the trailer. So I watched the trailer and I was watching it. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this movie. And then turns out I just remember the trailer. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the trailer too, and seeing the scenes from the trailer in the context of the movie, the trailer did not do itself any favors, because they use a lot of scenes where they're like lying to cops, and so they're like, it makes them seem like they're not great actors, even though there's some amazing actors in this movie. Yeah. Uh, or like the um, the lowrider scene where they're all just standing around listening to lowrider, and then they go like, Oh, go like <laughs> it makes more sense in the context of that scene but in the trailer it was like a bunch of crazy people stealing cars <laughs> uh i felt like this movie really because it was a remake that makes a lot more sense but i feel like they were really just handing you a lot of exposition like it was exposition cowboy all throughout the movie just because i think they really wanted you to like them they said, look, Nicolas Cage works with kids. He's doing this for his brother. The ninth doctor made him do it. Which I was just, by the way, Christopher Eccleson. He is quoted as saying that this was a terrible film in which I gave a terrible performance. <laughs> and that before Doctor Who, which was uh, five years later, uh, people mostly recognize him saying, ah, oh, you were gone. You were in gone 60 seconds, mate. You were terrible. Uh, that's a bummer. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that they really wanted us to like the lovable scamps of people like, oh, listen, every they got pulled into this thing that they're really good at. They're really good at stealing these cars. Brag. <laughs> And another character in that movie who um, some people might recognize, um, my wife and I recognize this character as Bullethead from the Steve Harvey show. The tech guy who's like, I can hack into into any, you know, anything because I'm a hacker. Are you talking um, about William Lee Scott? Yep. Oh, yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was in yeah. uh, Gattaca. He was. He was also in Identity. You ever watched that with the, the motel? He was in October Sky. He guest starred in Criminal Minds in the episode Children of the Dark. Sure, sure. As Gary. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's the William Lee Scott IMDb segment of this podcast. He plays a lot of sad characters, like in Butterfly Effect. Super oh, yeah. sad character in that that's movie. That's right, he's in Butterfly Effect. And yeah. I never saw Pearl Harbor, but he was in it, and I assume that was also a sad character. Yeah, probably. Based on the title. Yeah, no, I I, I mainly know him as Bullethead from a Steve Harvey show. Mm. Uh, the, not the talk show, but the scripted uh, sitcom that used to be on WB. Oh, Family Feud. You're thinking of yeah. Family Feud. <laughs> oh. That's right. He was on Family Feud. Really great talent. I was watching this movie because I couldn't pinpoint like why. Because this is like the second car movie that I've seen as a retrospective. And I'm just like, you know what? I can get on board with this story even though it is about cars. Because I'm not necessarily a car person. You know, the most I know about cars is what I learned from watching Speed Racer as a kid. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is... It, you can just put a bunch of stuff in cars, and and, and they'll and they'll do things. Cause it's not about cars; it's about family. It's about family. I that's the other thing that I thought was really funny is like looking at this movie as like almost a prequel to Fast and Furious. I mean, imagine just imagine this group of actors coming back in like a franchise. Like, all right, we need Nicolas Cage. Gabrielle Sidibe and 
Angelina Jolie in like nine movies. <laughs> Wait, why about... Gabrielle Sidibe or Gabit uh, Gab Gabit? Why, sorry, why what, what's his name? Gabriel Re, Re, Oh, Gabriel uh, Giovanni Rabisi. Yep, got it. I, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, just imagine them, just like either it being something like okay, they sure were gone in sixty seconds, and then the sequel's like gone in thirty seconds, gone in fifteen. Oh, so it gets smaller. Yeah, like I, I just imagine that as a franchise, like the fate of the sixty second crew. We gotta steal a thousand cars in five seconds. I think we can do it. <laughs> uh they just like break into a car factory and just start start making cars and like <laughs> loading them up. But I yeah, the whole <laughs> I watched an old uh I, I watched an old Cisco and Eber review of um of this movie and unsurprisingly they hated it but nah. I, my favorite my favorite line was that uh oh no they had to steal these cars cuz the bad guy told them to <laughs> <laughs> which i think is such an interesting premise just because it's like oh listen you guys are all retired car thieves but a bad guy is making you steal more cars i i just i just think that like because I, I can understand why, like, why it didn't become a franchise. Because, like, there's only so far that you can go in, like, doing that. But I'm sure people said that about Fast and Furious, too. Well, but they weren't stealing cars. That's why you give them superpowers. <laughs> Say it again. That's why you give them superpowers. And they can, like, move missiles with their hands and stuff like that. <laughs> well, it would have been a much shorter movie if Christopher Eccleston came to them and, like, you're going to do this or I'm going to crush your brother. He's like, okay, all right, mm-hmm. Walks directly to the police department and be like, I know where the guys are. <laughs> Go in. SWAT team. Brother needs protective custody. His life is terrible anyway. Let's start over. <laughs> I want to bring my mom, too. And then everyone lives happily ever after. It could have been a short film. Really short film. Called but- Doing the Right Thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure Spike Lee would have a problem with that, but besides no, that, I like doing it. the right thing. It's totally oh, different. Completely, it's different. got the gerund on it. It's 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 the the active verb. Mm-hmm. He's doing the right thing. <laughs> My yeah. favorite scene, though, absolute favorite scene, is when Nicolas Cage walks into the car dealership and talking to that guy. Uh, I just need to pull up that scene. I just need to pull up the script right now. Script. While you look that up, I can say that it felt. At times, like I was watching a TBS edit of the oh, movie. yeah, because they they really go out of their way to like not uh, curse or do anything too offensive or show too much of something. Um, so it's like, oh, that's an interesting choice, which I think is because they knew this was going to resonate with like a thirteen-year-olds basically, mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to make sure it didn't get bumped up to an R rating. Right. Favorite part is when um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage's character, whose by- name is, by the way, Memphis. Uh, but it's really like uh, like Randall. Really? That's what his mom calls him. And Randall. that's what the cops call him, too, at the You're beginning. Right. And then they switch over to calling him Memphis. You're right. Randall Memphis? Randall Reigns. Randall Reigns. Why do they call him Memphis? That's like a street name. <laughs> like that's his like neo like code name. Yeah, they Randall pulled the cord out of the back of his head. And... <laughs> Your name is Memphis. I completely forgot. I thought, it was... oh goodness, this movie just got better. Um, so the whole exchange is like, oh my name's my name's Roger, sir. Might be some help. That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. Like that. I just love that. I've been living in LA for three months. I have money. I have taste. But I'm not on anyone's A-list. And Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. It's like, oh, well, a Ferrari could change that. Hmm. Perhaps. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city <laughs> with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275GTB4 cam, you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You'd be a connoisseur. Precisely. <laughs> that whole exchange. Nicholas just gives his best delivery. Just the best lines. Like, the self-indulgent wieners in the city. Because oh, that was him acting like he's acting. Yeah. And that's just maybe my favorite mode of Nicolas Cage. It's pretty great. It's a great scene. We're talking about Nicolas Cage. Interestingly enough, um, he did most of his stunt driving during this film. He went to that's crazy. like yeah, he went to like stunt driving school in Arizona, and um, raising Arizona. Oh. <laughs> I'll let myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he liked race car driving school so much that he just continued to do it after shooting was completed, just like as a hobby. And then my dealership once offered stunt driving <laughs> classes, and I was like, you're just trying to get me to wreck my car so that I come in here and have to get it fixed. All right, guys, before you go to class, you need to sign all these insurance waivers and we're good yeah and dealership stunt driving school is like the most expensive stunt driving school <laughs> like you can just go to the corner and get stunt driving classes yeah they're <laughs> just as good half the price yeah it's like no 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 the dealership one you uh you can only drive like that kind of car you have to get a new license if you ever try to drive another kind of car I'd like to think the lobby of the classroom for stunt driving school is still the only place that you can get RC Cola. <laughs> Just like uh, whenever you go to the mechanic shop, and like, okay, I got RC Cola and um, Baby Ruth's. <laughs> <laughs> and then some like runts or nerds that have been in the glass for about a decade. Yep. yep. That has, that's in the little candy machine with the little hand crank. <laughs> Back when uh, quarters were in circulation. <laughs> yep. The one and the same. Uh, I watched a, a pretty cool um, little featurette about the movie and saw, like, they actually did some really impressive VFX because I didn't notice them. Um, like, where that giant tank was, like, spewing. Oh, yeah. Like, bouncing around. Like, the smoke was completely uh, CGI. And uh, and some of the oh. times when it was, like, spinning around, bouncing back and forth, that was also CGI. So, like, I was really impressed with that part. Um, yeah. Especially. And how they pulled off so many of these effects. Because when I was watching the movie, almost everything looked like a practical effect. Except for the part where um, you believe the chemistry between angelina jolie and nick cage ba-boom oh, ricky we are not that kind of podcast <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, keep it positive you're right you're right yeah no, no, it's good it's solid yep, thank you <laughs> yeah i i was here's the other thing that i was really confused by you mentioned angelina jolie um having like a two-bit role mm -hmm. um I want to say this is like not too far after, um, or not too far behind her role in uh, Hackers. This was, yeah, this was after Hackers. Hackers was five years before this movie. Yeah, and and three years before Laura Croft Tomb Raider. She did some crazy movies in between Hackers. And gone in 60 seconds because she did uh girl interrupted right before this which got her a lot of attention and then the bone collector was 1999 as well so that was really the t oh and then tomb raider was immediately after yeah oh yeah so Sorry, that was, was like four movies in a row that really kind of launched her Man, that's crazy yeah that's right it was the um the first tomb raider the mm -hmm. second tomb raider was the one that came out in 2003 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right after that. So who knows who would have been Tomb Raider if it wasn't for Gone in 60 Seconds. And then not too far after that, in 2004, it connects back to a former episode of Flashback. Shark's Tale! Shark Tale! Woo! We did it. We did it perfectly. (laughs) I was really surprised. I'm just like, oh, wow, Angelina Jolie. She shows up at the car shop and she's like, later see you in the second act and she's like i'm here don't ask questions okay (laughs) all right uh okay i don't think anyone was but sure 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 uh (laughs) i think it does help to know because nick cage has been in so many movies so many movies i think of all the movies that have been made he's in at least 70 percent of them that sounds right. Either him or Samuel L. Jackson. They're like tag team in t- <laughs> yeah. between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to see what he did on either side of this movie. Um, just to kind of put this in a... Lock it into a timeline. So right before this, he did Bringing Out the Dead, which is not super well-known. But the more well-known one before that is 8mm, which is... Oh, yeah. I actually really like that movie. And then right after this... Uh, he did The Family Man, which is my understanding. Based off the um, the anime series Family Guy. Yeah. Lucky he's a family man. Lucky he's a man who positively can do all the things that make us. I'm Nick Cage. He's a family man. Go. Uh <laughs> No, Family Man is kind of like, um, kind of like a Freaky Friday type situation where he's this high-powered investment broker, and then he wakes up and has like a minivan and a wife. Oh my gosh! It came out the same year. That's crazy. It came out December two thousand. Yeah. So basically, he dreamed of his life when he was a, a car thief. I sold fifty cars in one night. That's Man, he life. has done a lot of movies with the word men or man in the title. Family Man, The Weatherman, The Wicker Man, Matchstick Men. I think that might be part of his contract. Just like, hey, Hollywood, if you make any movie with man or men in it, you have to at least consider Nicolas Cage. <laughs> How is he not in Mystery Men? I think he was also considered for... Half the movies we've done. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Superman. He was... he was considered for Superman. Yep. Purely uh. on the title. <laughs> Superman, who else but Nick Cage? You had me at man. Stop talking <laughs> after man. Hey, um, hey, Grayson. Yeah, Ricky. Uh, play low writer. <laughs> All right, let's go into headcanon, the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So we just kind of explored this um, headcanon, but I would like to think um, that this is at the very least an in-world story for the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. So it's like uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, A Fast and Furious Story. Yeah, exactly. Because I really just love that world that they built. And like, because for the most part, the, uh, from my understanding of Fast and Furious, the the gang doesn't steal cars. They just like, they build their own. Like they, and they steal stuff with their like super souped up cars to, you know, pay the bills. But I would like the idea, like, I really want in, like, the next Fast and Furious movie for, like, Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie to show up. It's like, oh, well, for some reason we need to steal, like, 100 cars. And they're like, I know a guy. And then it's Nick Cage, and he comes back, and it's the best. That'd be pretty great to see Nick Cage in the Fast and Furious movies. Right? So that's my biggest piece of headcanon. I like it. My headcanon uh, involves the Sphinx, 
which I really like that actor, Vinnie Jones. Mm-hmm. It, he's appeared in a ton of stuff. Um, I recently watched his episodes of Arrow, so big fan there. Also uh, really great in The Cape. Oh, he was in The Cape. Yeah. He's been he like, in a lot. He was like the alligator dude. That's right. Um, but his reveal at the end reminded me of something that we had seen before, um, which my headcanon is that the Sphinx actually has a son out there. Ooh. A son named Aha, uh-huh. and that he is the father of the little rascal known as Aha. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, that's great! Very similar reveals. I was gonna try to make it where the little rascals is a prequel to Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> I mean, they're stealing cars. They have a clubhouse. They're fighting against bad guys. Al- Alfalfa is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, exactly. It also explained why he uses language like wieners instead of more, uh, so some spicier language. Oh, goodness. I'm I... a lover, not a fighter. At the very least, they exist in the same world, but the, I think the strong connection is that the Sphinx is Ahan's dad. Wow, that's... That's really solid. My headcanon is that the reason why we don't see a ton of Angelina Jolie in this movie is because this takes place at the same time as Hackers. So I haven't seen Hackers. It's a lovely movie um, about just a group of people who play hacky sack just competitively throughout the oh, entire cool. movie. So it's a college film. <laughs> yeah, it's about a group of hackers who, um, like, you know how there's always, like, one scene where... The tech guy is like, I'm hacking into the mainframe. It's just that, but for two hours. <laughs> hmm. and it actually does have a lot of similarities. It's just like this underground group of kids who like just really get technology, get into the world. Actually, it's a lot more like Fight Club to some degree, like an anti-establishment type oh, of yeah. thing. But like, like it has like that fast cut kind of high yeah. energy to it. Huh. Um, I actually thought that her character was going to be revealed like in a Paul Walker way to be some kind of criminal informant that like we they led us uh, to believe that it was the guy at the docks. But and that's why she like changed her mind all of a sudden with no explanation being like, don't ask questions. I'm here. Like that would have checked out to me. Wow. Um, and why she went out of her way to get close to. Memphis, because he's like the leader and has the most information, so that's where she needs to be. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought she was like the inside person. No, she just likes Memphis. I like the idea that she was an informant, but maybe she was, because like the way this is that was a thing that bothered me in the very first Fast and the Furious movie, like when I first saw it, knowing that um, Paul Walker's character ended up joining the crew later on made me feel a lot better about it. But mm-hmm. I just hated how the cop was like, you know what? I like you. No consequences for the several crimes that you committed. <laughs> I was like, no, that's absolutely idiotic. But for Angelina Jolie's character and in the cop in this movie's character, it kind of makes sense. Cause he, at the very least saved his life in this situation. So it's like, okay, well, I hear before I change my mind. Right. I did really like the cop. Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Actor. Yeah, he's been he's a great actor. He I man, I just really was rooting for him. And I think the movie actually did a pretty good job of just like setting it up so that you were rooting for both sides. He's like you kinda wanted them to get caught, but you also kinda didn't want them to get caught. Yeah. And his they actually have a save the cat moment between he and his partner. Played by a real baby face, Timothy Oliphant. Oh my gosh, such a fetus face. I was just yeah. like, oh, which leads me to a bit of headcanon later on, but you go ahead. Uh, but the save the cat moment there being whenever Timothy Oliphant's character like, calls his wife mean at the end of that scene, he's like, don't you ever talk about my wife? We're like, oh, I like this guy. Like, this is, this is cool. Like, he's not just going to blindly side with police. 
he's like stands up for people and has perspectives and isn't just an empty shirt of a cop character um yeah so i really liked that and i was on board with his character as uh, the antagonist i guess uh <laughs> but um yeah i really liked that character and thought Lindo actually made it a character worth following and not just filler scenes for plot's sake right um, so here's an interesting thing. Did you know that uh, Timothy Olyphant, um was not in Transformers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were you thinking of Josh Duhamel? I sure am. Oh. <laughs> he was uh, in the office, though. Really? Yeah. Did you know that James Duvall... Not Robert Duvall, but James Duvall, uh, who plays the guy that like orders pizzas, <laughs> yeah, and just throws one of the random snags in the movie, yeah, uh, like cocaine in the trunk or a snake in the car. Um, he was one in Independence Day four years before this. He had to be a little baby, um, but he was in Donnie Darko. You're right. As Frank. No, he was Frank? He was Frank. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at that. I thought he looked familiar, but I didn't recognize him with both his eyes. <laughs> cover your face. Just cover, cover this part of your face. Oh, yeah, you're the guy. At first, I thought he was related somehow to Robert Duvall, since he's also in this movie. Mm. But Robert Duvall spells his name with two L's, and James Duvall just has the one. <laughs> To match the one eye he has in Donnie Darko. <laughs> so now we're going to go into our next segment, which is recast and remake. Uh, if this movie were to be made today, who would we cast? And what would the storyline be? I like the I like the storyline of like, all right, you got to steal 50 cars in a night. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the concept is, can stay the same. I... I would just like to see it done with um, just different stakes instead of it being like, oh, this bad guy told me to. I would love yeah. it for it to be like um, like a very wealthy like car collector or like a the actual first thought was like some kind of fundraiser, <laughs> like a supervillain fundraiser. <laughs> like, all right, guys, we're getting everyone together. Whoever steals the most cars gets. A donation made in their name. That's the very kind-hearted. <laughs> yeah. It is very like Robin Hood-like in that sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, I I would like to see this premise, except for some reason they have to get celebrity cars or like famous cars for movies. So like Ooh. they're trying to steal DeLorean. They're trying to steal like I don't know. The bus from Little Miss Sunshine or the bus from Speed. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, probably the more famous of the two buses is the Speed bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to get all of those together for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. Maybe it's like a, I don't know, show. I don't know. But why couldn't you organize that ahead of time? I'm sure people would be open to it. <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> if you would have just invited us, we would have showed up. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, they're stealing like famous cars, which I think would be fun because then you're, some of them would get wrecked. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but just to see a uh, like to see a Jurassic Park Jeep going next to a Batmobile would be like an incredible scene. Oh man, that'd be great. We need to break into the Universal lot, and then subsequently the Warner Brothers lot. The security, now, that's crazy. It's just like a big ad for like, come to these studio tours. <laughs> just great, because they keep all those cars in one spot. That's right. Like the mystery machine is right next to the Batmobiles. Perfect. Uh, oh my gosh. Did you ever watch Wacky Racers? Did I? No. <laughs> Hannibal Barra had this series called Wacky oh, Racers. Oh, I did. Yeah. But only when I was homesick. Yep. Yeah, because that's Just what it was I on. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had it like, all... uh, yeah, they had everybody in that. 
It was like uh, uh, Mario Kart stuff. for Hanna Barbera. It's exactly that Mario Kart for Hanna Barbera. Yeah, Mario Kart's just wacky racers with Mario characters. They just never made the game. Um, but yeah, wait a I, minute. Mario Kart is just Crash Bandicoot 4. But first, and with Mario characters. Wait a second. Mario Kart 64 is just Mario Kart on the second... On the second Genesis. Oh my gosh. On the Super Nintendo. Oh, but yeah, I would... Uh, I, I think I would think it would be fun to see them race. Um, mm-hmm. And like they had to steal these certain cars so that they could race them for like a thing. Yeah, or a super low stakes version of this, which is gone in sixty seconds. But like this kid's like, hey, I'm gonna invite this girl to prom, and I promised her a Lamborghini that we show up in a Lamborghini. And so to impress this girl, I'm gonna steal a Lamborghini, <laughs> and then everyone else is like, hey, steal those Lamborghinis. So he has to steal fifty Lamborghinis. <laughs> In the night from prom. Too specific. <laughs> yeah. That's see, that's what I thought was like their best tactic was the valet. Right. Um, where they take Bob Kelso's car. Uh yes. like, that's like the yeah, just they hand you the keys and you drive away. Mm-hmm. And that restaurant that they go to that's pretty clo- fairly close to my apartment. That that restaurant, like you have to do valet, and it's on the top of a mountain, and you don't have access to your car. Oh wow! Uh, so it's like, yeah, that's the perfect restaurant to to do that. They have amazing steak as well. Crap. <laughs> uh, who who would you cast for Nick for Memphis? Uh, or just anyone in general? Um, you know what? I'm gonna do one fell swoop. Cast a new girl for the whole thing. Yes. Okay. I was seriously thinking of that. Yeah. I was thinking, especially Jake. Uh, Jake Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. After seeing him in The Mummy, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to get this guy in more action roles. I want him to play, like, if you can't get Chris Pratt, he's the immediate like funny action star you go to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think he would be great for this because there's nothing about Nick Cage's character where he has to be like hulky or anything like that right he's just like he's got to be good with people yeah or likable yeah yeah no i would absolutely love to see him do that scene now if i were to show up in this car i look like a bunch of wieners (laughs) bunch of wieners so sorry this is the first podcast i think we've ever used the word wiener and we've used it so many times I apologize for nothing. I'm quoting Nicolas Cage. Wiener. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cast New Girl would be great. I would love the cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, oh, you know who would be great? Oh, yeah, what's it, what's he's a car thief in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. I would love for Craig Robinson to like be in that movie. Like, I would love for it to be more of a comedic movie, like Craig yeah. Robinson, and then um, Key and Peel, <laughs> and the rest of the cast of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think that would be so fun. Yeah, uh, well, because Terry Crews could be the lead detective, super easy. Oh, oh absolutely. Get out of here before I change my mind. <laughs> his little pecs dance yeah yeah no i i think that because i think it's because this movie it was it was a movie that kind of took itself seriously um it had like some fun moments but it's like mostly like an action movie i would love for it's, this to be like an action comedy like just take a comedic tone throughout everything yeah I think not just whenever there's a snake in the car right that guy had to really like snakes to make it his vanity plate. I want to say that like they, someone had to have just seen that. Like I don't think that could, I think that was like, all right, well this is the script now. <laughs> We're doing this, guys, guys, guys. On my way over here, I saw a vanity plate. <laughs> it said snake. What do you think he keeps in there? <laughs> oh, probably a snake. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> so we always talk about recast and remakes, but I want to add a third r 
to this section possibly forever um and do recut and i would like to see a recut of this where you pull out the scenes with the cops and you only follow the cops for the first half and then once you make the bust you go back and see how they executed it nice Uh, because from their perspective they show up and there's just 50 cars in a crate. They had no idea what kind of scale it was at until they get the black light um, mm. or that they've already accomplished it. Because they said uh, whenever they were having their like pre-heist meeting, they were like, so by the time that the first one's reported, uh, like all the cars are basically on the on the barge was the idea or in the crates. Um, and so... For him to realize, like, oh, this is how they pulled something off at such a huge scale. And then you cut back to, like, the final fight. That I think that would be, like, a really interesting um, uh, act break where you're like, okay, from the cop's perspective, then from the criminal's perspective, and then the final fight where you merge the two storylines. Um, could be an interesting way to just re-explore the story. Oh, yeah, that's solid. I like that recut. I like adding it on to the recast, remake, recut. Huzzah! Yeah. Um, I would love to see a recut where... Oh, man, I just, I just got a call. It's your brother. Then just, on, then just only them driving. Then cut to... I stole 50 cars! <laughs> <laughs> just like the shortest version. I just want to see like the shortest version of this movie. I believe if you go to https colon backslash backslash www.youtube.com um and then in the search bar you type gone in 60 seconds in 60 seconds yep and it gives you the trailer for the 1974 version Gone 60 seconds and 60 seconds. They already did it. So I have no want. <laughs> Life is fulfilled. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I love that. Ricky, I would be remiss <laughs> in my duties if I did not tighten my headcanon connection. Because I realized I, I connected Gone in 60 seconds to the Little Rascals, but the first time we ever see Memphis, he is teaching a group of kids how to drive go-karts. You got to think that's them, right? That's them. Absolutely. That's them. Absolutely. Yeah. Can rest easy. <laughs> oh, no, that's perfect. Grayson, I would be remiss. I would oh, be no. remiss in my duties as a host and a Whovian if I didn't tighten my head cannon that... We all know that the Doctor regenerates, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, and so the Ninth Doctor looks a lot like this guy who's obsessed with whittling, which, by the way, I thought that was the funniest, most out there little character quirks. Like, see this? I made this. I made this thing over here with my bare hands. It's wood, and I like it. I'm also going to murder you. No, 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 don't touch it. Don't break it. And then he broke it and he just got really upset. I'm like, oh, movie. You you are just having the time of your life, aren't you? Then uh, <laughs> he dies by hitting his own coffin. Yep. Yeah. Classic. Um, but I do think that the doctor, we're not actually sure how, like, how the regeneration works, but we do know that the doctor's face does look like other people who already exist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'll regenerate with tattoos or like scars or things like that. So headcanon is that like this is the character that the doctor made his face after because oh. he is someone who is seeking redemption and who needs redemption more than this man. Who mm-hmm. almost crushed someone's brother and who died out of a coffin that he made. He's coming out of the time war, which is 
a coffin that the doctor made. That's really interesting. I was thinking that this is the vanguard because we know that future mm. incarnations of the doctor can regenerate into classic versions based on the 50th anniversary of doctor who kind of mm. revealed that. Um, and so this is like a dark version of the doctor. The coffin is his TARDIS. Um, and the reason he's so obsessed with wood is because he's never been able to get the sonic screwdriver to work on it. Yes. So once he finally does figure it out, he just makes a ton of chairs. I like it. Works either way. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment, which is giving you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Gone in 60 Seconds? By the way, you have 60 seconds. I recommend Gone in 60 Seconds because we have all seen plenty of the Marvel Universe coming together in Civil War. We're going to see it in Infinity Wars, and like that's all awesome. But we may never get a chance to see greats like... Um, Ghost Rider and uh, Juggernaut to share the screen together. <laughs> and Gone in 60 Seconds really lets you have that peek into uh, an alternate Marvel mashup. Um, and it's just, it's so 90s, but it's the year 2000. It's the year 192000. <laughs> the fun thing about this movie is is that it really approaches the storytelling from the sense of films are a collection of scenes. And you can see that it may feel disjointed at times, but within each individual scene, it's actually a lot of fun. And there's a pretty clear game to a lot of the scenes, whether it's the like hide the cocaine game or <laughs> it's the like spot the differences of where the van is parked game. Like, each scene has a pretty clear game that it's building towards. And when you put all those scenes together, that's when you get uh, that clear storyline. Um, yeah. This story is in no way confusing, I'd say. Like, there really aren't any twists to it. It's pretty straightforward. Um, and, I mean, it's just fun. It, it lets it be what it is without trying to outsmart the audience. Um, and it really is just like, can they do it? Probably, yeah. That'd be my <laughs> guess is that they get away with it, but like, how do they do that? Um, and it's a great example of enjoying a movie where the people are like the the heroes are the best at what they do. Like, there's only one character really that plays to buffoonery, um, and they quickly shut him down. They're like, that's not going to stand. Like, we are experts at what we do, and that's the only way we're going to get through this. And that's much more fun to watch than, like, oh, we're a bunch of doofs that just kind of, like, happened into success. Um, yeah. But, yeah. That was great. That was way more um, than 60 seconds. It was, yeah. You, you were uh, clocking in at 120. Um, I could have uh, stolen one and a half cars in that time. <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree. I think because this by no means is, I felt like this movie was a very paint by numbers, uh, kind of like action movie, but it was still entertaining to me. Um, they were like, when I was watching it with my wife, like we're, we're kind of like pointing out all these different kind of like tropes or cliches that they have, but it was still so much fun to watch. And so mm -hmm. I think that this movie, you know, prior to a world where, um, you know, you have like a famous or the famous car franchise um, of Fast and the Furious. This movie kind of stands out um, as one that is one of those like action movies and that is just popcorn. Like, like you mm -hmm. you like watching the action and the stakes and um, and Nicolas Cage. Like, gosh, this is our first Nicolas Cage movie that we've reviewed. And can that be true? It is. A year Whoa. into the over a year into the podcast, and this is our first Nicolas Cage movie, right? And uh, and the thing that you get from Nicolas Cage in this movie, especially when Nicolas Cage is playing someone who is acting, is just a treat and a joy to watch. Um, yeah, it's a fun uh, car action movie, and I definitely would recommend it for 
um just a little time capsule that it is again like it like grayson said like the 90s-ness of it in the year 2000 but also just because you know it's nicholas cage in a car movie it's it's hard it's hard to sell you on anything else but that because it's because he's so great when he is on yeah well, let's go and if you're looking for a uh, recommendation for a double feature, I recommend watching Gone in 60 Seconds, followed by Fight Club, to uh, get the Cage Fight universe. Oh, yeah. Not really. I just wanted to say Cage Fight. <laughs> and that is our review of the 2000 Gone in 60 Seconds. Let us know what you remember about Gone in 60 Seconds on Twitter and Instagram. In both places, we are at flashback flicks and let us know what you thought of this review that you're listening to right now on itunes it takes less than 60 seconds all i have to do is just go to itunes um go to the podcast app search for flashback flicks click us we're the one with the the name um and then click review and then type in a review of what you think and if you can do it in 60 seconds uh we will send you a brand new car whoa ricky Mm mm-hmm we have no way to monitor if they actually did it in 60 seconds. That's right. We'll use the honor system. Oh, wait, Ricky. Uh-huh. We don't have the money for cars. Oh, you're right. We'll steal you a brand new car. <laughs> low my low. I realize I don't know the lyrics to Lowrider. No, I thought that too. When you said, like, play Lowrider earlier to do headcanon i was like i'll do the trumpet part <sighs> I, I was just trying singing low rider and those words came out of my mouth low oh good rider, be low rider. i used to love the george lopez show so in the, in the comments uh please just <laughs> copy and paste the lyrics of low rider yeah that'd be great <laughs> please help help us uh. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.